Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, and this is a special one. I sat down with my friend Joe Mager. He's been on the podcast a few times already. My neighbor, my friend. He just opened Wildwood Community Market, downtown Boone on Howard Street. Please check it out. It supports local farms. It's an amazing grocery store. It's, it's a little grocery store, and you can get deli foods. They've got amazing breakfast burritos and uh, lunches with salads and pasta salads and chicken salads and macaroni salads and uh, the best falafel I think I've ever had, not counting on the other side of the world. And uh, we sat down and talked about this. I just said, let's talk about the phrase, follow your dreams. What does it mean for people our age? Do we still talk like that? Do we still ask that question? Do we still try to do that? I think it was a really good conversation. Enjoy. but think of it was the phrase uh, following your dreams it's like a kind of childish or childlike phrase I think you know like adults less and less as they get older say that they want to follow their dreams or they are following I their dreams I personally refuse to use the phrase it, yeah. it doesn't yeah it doesn't I don't think it's a good descriptor for what it intends to convey oh what does it intend to convey then well uh aspirations like i mean your dreams are what like what you want to do what's something you want to accomplish a goal aspiration of some sort so dream like that's i mean i guess maybe you dream about it but i take the term more literally oh i never even think of it as your what you happens in your sleep yeah that's why i always thought it was kind of weird I think like, of it as... You've been dreaming about this. Like, yeah, like subconsciously imagining it happening. No, I think of it as the <clears throat> what you would daydream about. Or like... Okay, different kind of Hope dream, for, right? wish for in your right. heart to happen. Not un- unconsciously or subconsciously while you're asleep, but when you're awake thinking well, about what you want. probably the association you have because of how it's used in following your dreams. Yeah, It's like right. a different way of using the word, I guess. But, but I guess it is aspiration. What you want to happen. What yeah. you want to see. Your, yeah. Your goals? What do you want to do? You yeah. Know, what's, your, what's your intention? Yeah, but... You're, without maybe as much consideration for uh, the financial, logistical, whatever. Yeah. Uh, right, and that's where I think there's a distinction. If, if it's follow, go with your aspirations... There, there could be a very adultness to that that's just like goals and business and money and growth and success. Yeah. That's not your dreams. That's your aspirations or your, like, plan. Right. There's a child, a, a child uses the word dream. Like, follow your dreams tends to be a childlike way of speaking, even if it's an adult talking. 
Yeah, I dreams. You follow your dreams. Like that sounds like a five-year-old. Yeah, you don't have to write a business plan to follow your dreams. Right. You and just... if you don't have a business plan, you probably won't fulfill your dreams. <laughs> that's, that's part of fulfilling it. Right. Know, Unless the it's plan. the movies, and you're discovered, and mm-hmm. it just magically happens. Right. Yeah, or just fast you're forward. Chosen by a unicorn chooses you to be the one, and your dreams come true. Yeah. But in real life. That doesn't really happen. I mean, maybe in the movies we still see something and we think it might be possible. And maybe it's like uh, Usher discovered Justin Bieber. Did you know that? No. Usher discovered him like when he was on YouTube as like a kid and was like, he's the next big thing. So it actually did happen to Justin Bieber. He didn't have a business a plan. He was, like, just singing, and it was online. And, Justin, if you're listening, and I know you are, you're a long-time <laughs> listener, uh, I, I think I'm messing this story up. I don't think he – I think I'm making it seem like he happened to post, like, this one thing. Maybe he had done much more work had before that. or something. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. But my point is I don't think he had a business plan. Somebody who already had made it, just swept him up and went, this is our guy. Yeah. But for most of us, we think through, what do I want to try to do? I'm and, Okay, if I don't take a first step, it's not happening. I have to put in this work. More specifically, I think for a lot of people, it's not just what do I want to do, but like how can I sustain myself in this life, right? Like how oh, can I... Oh, right. You know, because... I mean, not necessarily, you know, dreams are people's dreams and... This context is maybe traveling to Europe or yeah, climbing yeah. a mountain, or it's yeah, not necessarily a a, a a business venture like you. Were yeah, saying. it could be a one-time goal. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To I'm gonna skydive, <laughs> scuba dive. I'm gonna do that, and then you don't do it every day as your job. <laughs> you just do it at one time, and that was great. And that's still following your dreams. It still you is. Did it. Yeah, I have a. I kind of want to scuba dive. Yeah, there you go. But, man, I have so many fears of it being like the dude that the oxygen runs out, like in the movies, and yeah. I'm the one. It's not a very reasonable fear, but it's kind of When there. it comes to risk assessment, I think life-threatening things are worth like being on the conservative side. <laughs> My sister went skydiving, and I was like, you know, even roller coasters. People die on roller coasters. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just not going to risk it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, say what that may about myself. I don't know. But. So you don't ride roller coasters? I hate roller coasters. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. Uh, yeah, I justify like, my uh, fear of them by saying it's not worth the risk. <laughs> do, do people die on roller coasters? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. I never it's knew not... if, if I believed that when I heard it. I was like, ah, eh, that's just one of those... As a like percent of riders, you know, it's probably in the hundredths of a percent. You know, it's not a lot, but yeah, you know, the risk is there. I grew up an hour from Disney World, mm-hmm. and only went a couple times actually. And uh, I heard this what I gotta be an urban legend or whatever they call it, like just to scare you. <laughs> heard that somebody on Space Mountain raise their hands while they're going down and got their arms chopped off. Did you grow up learning anything like this? I about that. Not that specific. And to this yeah. day, I think about it, and I'll go on other rides and I'll raise my arms, but Space Mountain's dark. 
and you don't know what is there. So it's like really scary. You're trusting. They would never design a roller coaster so that if I put my hands up, my arms again, like it's like yeah. right here. Not at Disney it's anyway. Not gonna, right, not at Disney. Um, we went, I mean, I'm 44 years old. I know it's not like that. We went to Disney a couple weeks ago. I wouldn't raise my arms on Space Mountain. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be like with my family and we're all having a good time and my arms get chopped off. Yeah. Way to ruin the <laughs> vacation, Jason. <laughs> oh my gosh. Couldn't help yourself. I went on Space Mountain as an adult in my late thirties and I convinced myself, I was like, it can't be that bad. Because I had it it traumatized me as a kid. And oh, oh I was like, no. it can't be that bad. Like, I'm gonna take my kids on it, you know? And it was horrible. I hated it. <laughs> Did you continue every the cycle, though? Second. Here's the question. Did you continue the generational cycle? Olive did not like it. <laughs> but is she going to grow up saying, I was terrorized by maybe, it? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It just, yeah, that ride just. Is that generational trauma right there? <laughs> a form of it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's why you don't like roller coasters. The, the cost of the theme park for the family. <laughs> Oh my! It's the other side of the trauma, <laughs> <laughs> and you thought it was going to be literally the best memory your child has ever had in their life. <laughs> yeah. It becomes the worst. Yeah, that was a tough one. Dad gets his arm chopped off. That'll do it too. That'll cause the trauma. Yeah. Yep. Well, all right, but you don't do it. You don't like roller coasters. You really don't like it. But you're not going to skydive. I'm not. There's no way. These are not my dreams. <laughs> These are not my dreams. But we sat in your basement three years ago-ish. I don't remember. It's got a... It's ish. Because COVID messes my yeah, memory I, up with it. I kind of recall the conversation actually starting maybe even longer ago than that because mm-hmm. um, I took kind of a year... I, I wouldn't say a year off, but there was a year where I was not working a full-time job. I was yeah. doing side work, fixing, doing brake jobs on people's cars. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like odds and ends. I was cleaning the floors at Earth Fair at night. Right. Know, just weird stuff. And With um, a family already. Right, yeah. 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 Children already. and Yeah, I was making enough for us to kind of scrape by. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I think that was at the time you and I maybe started talking more about, I, I'm, I guess just talking to each other about where we were at in our lives with those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I was debating, well, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was when I was leaving Be Natural. At some point it was like, I was kind of, tr- didn't know what direction to go, you know. And well, and you're, was... you're, you are a Joe of all trades. So for some people, they're only good at one or two things, so they go, well... I don't know what I'm going to do next, but it kind of has to be this because that's my skill set. You actually kind of been around and done it all. Tried a few different things. Yeah. yeah. You know, like working in uh, you know, high-end produce is usually not the same kind of person that can remodel your bathroom. Like those no. two people usually aren't the same person. Somebody told me recently, they were like, I'm really surprised that you like country music. You don't seem like the kind of person that would like country music. But to Um, clarify, you like old country music. Yeah, more. That is is part, for the listener, for the watcher, for those of you watching from um, home. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I never worried about trying to 
stick with any one thing, you know. Yeah, whether yeah. it was musical taste or what I was doing for oh, work, right. and, you know. And you're a musician, like, right? Yeah. So the, it was the, like, that's the trifecta, man. Actually, I think the Venn diagram would have more overlap with the produce and music maybe. than with the. Actually, no. Cut yeah. back to country music. There's part of the Venn diagram. Yeah, and I mean. I've been playing with dads, and I met Steven when I hired him to build a deck with me. Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's so rock and roll, man. That is so rock and roll. So, yeah, yeah, it's probably pretty equal overlap. I don't know. But, yeah, so I I, I don't know. I I remember you and I having those conversations. You were maybe initially expressing some of your um, interest in other... Yeah, life outside of yeah, the church. And mine, yeah, you know? and you, so yours is like you've done everything, trying to figure out what 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 path do I want to walk on, instead of trying them all, little here, little there. Do I want to walk on one of these paths? And then I'm like, Do I want to stay? I've, on I've this been path? on this one path. Yeah. Do I want to explore other parts of the world in my life, in my heart, yeah, in my dreams? Yeah, you know. So for me, it actually is this my dream. Felt like is this my dream? Is this yeah. the dream? Is, it, is this life me following my dreams, really? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it isn't. You know? And I think it was a dream I thought I was supposed to have. Sure. And or if you've that, been on it a long time, you probably spent a lot of time yeah. convincing yourself that it yeah. was the right path. Or is it is it the thought... Is it what I thought other people would want me to dream? Sure. So then that becomes what I do dream. Because there's that quote, I keep hearing it, but I can't remember who, I learned it from Jay Shetty, but I can't remember who said it before him. It was, I am not who I think I am. I am what I think other people think I am. And that's not necessarily a good thing. It's actually kind of a false self. It's not the ideal way to live. It's kind of a false way to live. Right, because you're primary concern is living up to everyone else's expectation. Yeah. So then there's this balance in life. Sometimes you feel like you're sometimes you feel like you are just live giving in to what they you think they want for you. And then sometimes you go to the other and you go, "No, actually this is what I want." And you go back and forth in yourself and there's like a tension. So we sat there, I'm thinking about the one path and it's like, "Is this and oh, and it's it's the path I'm on, is is connected with, is this my dream, and, and which is connected to, is this who I am, or is this what I think people think that I am, which one is distinguishing? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then you're like, well, I know how to. I could build houses, I could run a a grocery store, I could record people's albums. That I mean, that's those uh, are three yeah. huge skill sets that a lot most people don't have all three of them most people don't understand how to do those things yeah well you know the downside of that though is like not having invested the time to really master any one of them you know like i i agree with you okay well i agree if i really commit to one or another i'm sure Yeah, but i view you as having mastered all three Uh, (laughs) but maybe maybe our our understandings of mastering are different like by now, well, so I guess what do they all have in common? And they, I find them to be creative endeavors. You know, yeah. working with people. You know, in in a like in a grocery store, a retail setting. Like that's that's all like 
managing people. There's logistical components. Well, you're choosing to see it as creative. I think some people would go to work and be like, there's nothing creative about it. I just do whatever I'm supposed to do. Yeah, well. So maybe it's how you approach levels, things. maybe, yeah. I don't know. You care. Maybe that's just how I approach. You care. At, you actually <laughs> care about I it. Approach everything. Yeah. Just like oh, there'd be how other people. Make this fun. Yeah, there'd <laughs> be people who would rebuild somebody's deck or remodel their kitchen just to make money and not even care. And then there's some people who'd be like, well, actually, this feels creative. I'm creating something, and that actually yeah. looks pretty. And, and but it's the same project. It's the same screws and the yeah. same nails and hammers and two by fours. One of them is, I don't care what this is from, I do it for my paycheck. The other one is I created something today. Same act, a different mentality, dude. Yeah. I guess I just wouldn't be too interested in doing anything if it was just, it, it has to have some inspiration behind it beyond yeah. a paycheck. Money doesn't really motivate me very well. Right. You know? That's like, a huge part of this. Yeah, you know, I've my income with all these different endeavors and interests over the years has has been very varied. It's you got know? to be, yeah. So luckily, Bri's good at like kind of keeping the she's like the keel and the mast, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. keeps everything. <laughs> but um, so if money's not the motivation, what's the motivation? Well, I guess you know, for most jobs, if we're just talking about work. Uh, it is satisfying the creative itch. I think that when I've found myself burning out on a job or an industry, it's when it really does just feel like work. And I right. lose that. Like, so there's no creative outlet is your indicator. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of times wow. what happens is I reach a position or a point where I've kind of exhausted the... You know, Earth Fair was cool because I was there for like seven years, but there was all these different things you know i ran like four different departments while i was there including the whole store and like yeah i was always able to kind of keep moving myself around to challenge my you know to find yeah. new stuff to keep the creative and it was after i just finally had that was i mean that one specifically was a combination of just the work environment slash yeah. losing it, it lost its fun you know it just yeah Seven years. Know, you spend a lot of time at work, right? Like doing yeah. whatever you pursue. I mean, it's got to have value beyond money. I can't. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Shit. I'm man. noticing something. I'm noticing something about you that's like kind of different than how I have lived. But I want to live more like you about this. Is uh, not not trying to hold on to something for too long. Yeah. Even if even if it would have gone well at Earth Fair. I mean, it did go well in some regard. I mean, I remember it because I was, uh, we already knew each other back then. So it was like, um, yeah, it's a job and it provides and it's got some benefits. And there are great benefits to this place. And just like any job, there are reasons why I wouldn't want to be here. And right. that's like, it's not an accusation at Earth Fair. It's actually just life, most most jobs. Right. Yeah, I'm thankful. Pretty good. Great people. Love team. Hang out. There's some things I'd change. Some, you know. Uh, seven years is a long run, but do you think that would something in you have not been following your dream if you would still be there by now or if you were mm. there for 25 years? Yeah. Would you have gone, I didn't follow my dream? Yeah. So, yeah, so now we're, we're I think we're back on this path of this conversation, what the topic is. What was the dream then? You know, maybe it's, you got to be creative. 
Right. Yeah, I don't think I the knew. The dream is be creative. Well, all right. So actually, there is one thing that's always stuck with me is when I was 16, 17, even 18, like late teens, um, I had, a, I really wanted to open my own like coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Nick and I, like, we had a business plan. We had it to the point where we were actually looking at, like, locations and places to rent, you know. And it was just like, we had, you know, we're going to buy coffee for this. And all we have to do is, you know, it was we were naive and, like, yeah. didn't really know what we were, we were doing. But, you know, we were at the point where... yeah. And we it didn't materialize, but uh, it always stuck with me. I remembered that process, and I think part of me, whether I was like real aware of it or not, I always knew I was gonna just have to work for myself. You know, yeah, like, I just, yeah, you know, I maybe feel like that, that was now. the dream, the goal. Really, was yeah. just that independence. I think. I think same with me. I think that that's. I feel the same way. Like I have to. Okay. I know it. Yeah. I, I want to be at the mercy of my own mistakes and yeah. not have to be always... But hopefully, like, even though on on your own, it's in in practice, in actuality, it's the opposite. It's in it's with humans around you. <laughs> You're not on your own. But, but it is up to you how it's going to go. But it actually isn't on your shoulders because you have this group of people. Yeah. And that's actually what's making it happen. You're the initiator of it. And if they and really financially, sure, it's it actually ultimately comes down to you. But if if it literally were only you, you would fail. Yeah. No, it would have to no be team. It'd be operation. like you would fail at least in one regard is you would burn out. Yeah. Sure. It's like you could be like, no, if I literally ran a shop by myself, I would just work 178 hours a week and be like, yeah, that's called failing, man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like that if you live that life, eventually you resent it. Sure. You've got to. If you never leave ever, seven days a week, forever, years and years and years, you've got to resent that. It's hard to imagine any activity that that would stay. Even if you thought it was your favorite thing in the world, eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Even if it's like, I just play video games, man. Like, no, seriously. Eventually, you would be like, I've got to change my life. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's independence in the sense that... um, you have control over your more control over your discretionary time and your yeah. finances and um, I don't know just the the decision making process I think too is something that really appeals to me. It's just again like for any company or anytime you're working for someone else, there's somebody kind of like dictating the the policy and the culture and like, you know, you, you and you go, Hey, up as you and want you go, Hey, I want to take my family to Disney. And then they go, yeah, right. about that. Like so office yeah. space. Yeah. What was it? What was the quote? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the yeah. character. Yeah. You know, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're going to need to talk to HR about that. <laughs> we fixed the glitch. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted to go to Disney with your family, then it'd be like, is HR allowing you to live your life? Yeah. And now you're like, well, I'd have to make arrangements and plan, but it ultimately it's up to me yeah. if that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. I want to do it, then I have the, you know, ability to work the schedule and make and things I, work I out. I just think the reason it, 
I've struggled with this a lot. I think the reason we're like this isn't because we're selfish, although maybe I think there's something to that. Like I want, I want to work for myself. You know, that can sound selfish. Um, in actuality, I think that if everyone were to take that on in life, everyone went, I'm going to try to be the one that lives my life. If everyone did that, I think the world would be better. Um, instead of one person should be able to tell the other person to do something. Yeah. Like you have also, to, if you go, you have to do this. There are very few, I think there are very few things in life that really that sentence should be said. Like you are not allowed to do this. Yeah. I think sometimes it makes sense. When my children were one year old, one year, two years old, I don't care if you understand or not, you cannot run into the street. Like, I don't, I don't want you to argue with me. Right. I, I, there isn't a discussion. But past, like, a really juvenile example like that, babies are different than every other human. At, once you get past that, I don't think there's very many times in life where any human, for any reason, should just be like, you can't. If, you're, if you need to be in prison, I would say that's an exception, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, there's other obvious ones. If you want to dig a hole on someone else's land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They might not let you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of exceptions, <laughs> but I think the essence of it is more of like, there should never be someone going, yeah, I'm not letting you take your family to Disney World. <laughs> it's right. like... You, you shouldn't really be allowed to tell me I'm not allowed to bring my family to Disney World. It's more like, if you want to keep your job, and there's the hook. Yeah, or ideally, I guess, like, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. What? How can we make this happen for you? Yeah, and that goes back to what I think is the reason I interpret you opening Wildwood as following your dreams. That's kind of how I interpret your story. And... uh I think that's why you chose that because we had a conversation. The one I was talking about was maybe three years ago where you were like, I'm sensing something different in my life. And we had this whole conversation that I wish we would have recorded when you were talking about that. Yeah. And I can't remember all the details of it, but it was like, it was like, uh, it was the why. Um, do I want to pursue custom repairs? repairing and remodeling people's homes and you already had grown a small staff and if you went all in down that path you would have created more staff and more jobs and helped people yeah but somehow that felt less like your dream or your ambition or your hope or path your path was like no i don't want it to be that version of creating it i want it to be like something that the whole community can experience, which is different than that homeowner got a new kitchen. Yeah. And that's good. There's no, That's a beautiful thing. It, we got to create with them. Instead of like this house and this client, and then you're scrambling over to this part of this other county to rebuild somebody's deck, and you're like, what if everyone in the community knew about this one little special place? That feels like special, man. Kitchen for everybody. Yeah, and it feels like that's what I'm, when I said the thing about childlike, it feels like little, I don't know, 
13 year old Joe, 15, 17 year old Joe, or what, maybe it's older than that, younger than that, would be like, if you saw this now, I mean, I know it's hard work. You're still, well, would been open a month. Yeah, 32 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and you remember every one of them. <laughs> but, but it's special. And it feels like kid Joe would have been like, yeah, this is cool. More so than if you had grown the repair to have like 50 employees and you're in like 10 counties and building houses. Little kid Joe wouldn't have been like, oh, man. It would have been like, all right, I guess that's, that's what grown-ups do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They go out and they work and hammer and bang on things. But the thing is, other people would feel different because their dream is creating a home. Like, that's the ultimate thing to create. And right. they feel like they come alive when they build a house. Those are my favorite contractors that are like, this is going to be pretty. Instead yeah, of just like, fam- you're going to raise a family here. Yeah, instead of just like, that'll be $500,000, please. We'll get it done by January. <laughs> 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 you know, and those exist. There's a lot of those. Yeah, you know? I'd rather work with like, a, they view themselves as an artist or like, yeah, you know. Totally, a creator. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you could have done it, but it didn't. And I think you would have done it like that. But deep down, it wasn't the real Joe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There was more. There was a lot more risk in that, too. Like, mm. I had to borrow a lot of money for this up front that I wouldn't have necessarily had to do to right. grow. You got some tools business. in a truck was the other one. Yeah, and I could have scaled that business probably pretty easily. Around here, especially, you know? yeah. with just... Being willing to show, like I've told you a hundred times, yeah. willing to show up and be honest and do a good job. It's like, of course you're going to be successful here. But, you know, you mess something up, you know, the risk and liability, the and liability yeah. as much. So then if you mess up, you have to, instead of returning a produce item, you have to say, I'm sorry, I have to give you back $100,000 now or yeah, something. Re- whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> or yeah, spend totally. weeks rebuilding this thing free of charge right. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now it's like, hey, I'm really sorry. Here's some bread. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, if you didn't enjoy these chips and you demand a refund, no yeah, problem at all. Here's your $2 right. back, right? Yeah, so it's like a different kind of risk. I guess the risk then is that I'm counting on myself to be able to keep a, a you know sustainable business, Yeah. retail business working. There, there's also, I feel like there's a difference between hiring a home repair and the relationship is we can be well not literally you and me because we knew each other but like if I was going to hire a repair person we'll be like pleasant with each other and do small talk and hopefully it'll be a positive like I approve of you and you approve of me and this went well thank you so much not only am I going to pay you I'm thanking you and I think this is wonderful but you're not going to really like feel like you're there now your friend right it's if you see him at the grocery store, oh, hey, but you're probably not going to be like, do you want to hang out on Friday? You know, <laughs> it's probably not really going to happen. But there, but then if you get but if you get people into a community market. You actually might be f- forming like relationships that happen that aren't even not just you, but you and them, you're some soil for people to grow together in that little space. I, th- I think that uh, I owe a great deal of uh, credit to Earth Fair for when we first moved to Boone and kind of just being a 
really uh, efficient avenue into the community here, you know, and the kind of people. I just made. So you're made, saying maybe that's what Wildwood is going to become, right? It could be for people. Yeah, I mean, they're like, we, yeah, I moved to Boone, didn't know what I was going to do, and I got a job at Wildwood. Right. And the people were amazing, and it helped yeah. me and catapulted me to my life. And Customers, yeah, and, yeah, and coworkers alike. You know, CJ and I worked together at, yeah, yeah. at Earth very years ago. You know, and yeah, now yeah. he's one of our managers, and like. Yeah, and that's like real from relationships. Your dream. And I, I kind of think of it as not, I don't think of a dream as necessarily really, really specific. Because I think the nature of dreams, meaning sleeping and abstract ideas, they're foggy. Yeah. It, it's yeah. like a dream. Abstract, if you're, yeah, yeah if, you're third, if you're in third grade and you're like, my dream is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this kind of shop at, the, at this address. <laughs> And I've already thought about buying the land for when I'm older to build this thing and be like, dude, that's too specific. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's a great plan, but that doesn't feel like how children talk. Right. Children would, are just these, like, I want to, and like Wildwood, like a place where people would have an opportunity. Yeah, it's like Disney, like Walt Disney talked like concept, that. Yeah. Where everyone will come together and be happy. And like, it's a Disney. And you're like, yeah. And it's like when you, you said you had that thought of a coffee shop. All same those idea, years ago, huh? it's the same yeah. thing, and turns out you do sell coffee at Wildwood, yeah. <laughs> so it is a bit, it, technically speaking, might, I don't know, it's a coffee shop, but you can drink coffee there. I mostly give away coffee. Yeah, I, know, I noticed that. so bad not charging for coffee, <laughs> I just want to be like, just drink it, it's fine. Yeah, I did, I got a sandwich <laughs> and chips, and it was just like, I don't think they pressed the coffee button, but they don't seem to mind, they saw me with the coffee. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty lax about it. Because I bought other stuff. And totally, it's not like yeah, just a just... random person walking in drinking it. But yeah. they're shopping. They're buying. The Man, that falafel sandwich is so good. With yeah. the surprising pickle on there. Never saw it coming. Love it. We've been asking people about the pickle. Sometimes they're into it. Sometimes Mostly they are. People just don't make shirts that say, like, ask me about the pickle or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> ask me about the pickle. <laughs> CJ has an idea for a line of pickles I could... Uh, I'm going to pass that to him as a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. It's probably not the most appropriate idea in the, this culture. Well, with Brian's tattoo now. And yeah, yeah. like, hey, show me your Willie. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> uh, Willie Nelson tattoo for the, for the people at home. <laughs> it's a good one, too. I know she liked it, but said she also had a couple things in mind that were, would have been different or something. But I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's but that's with me that, with tattoos I'm like that too it's like I have something in mind of what exactly what I wanted it to be and if it ends up not looking exactly like it I have a temporary moment that I'm like that's not exactly but then I go but it is it is what I wanted and no one will ever be like that's cool except it doesn't look exactly like what you had in mind <laughs> they're never going to know what I had in mind right I have the opposite problem. I never can like really picture. Make up your mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> just really put, bad like, a cool... when it's like getting the branding for the store and stuff. Dude, like, what do you want? So I'm different. just like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I love this. I want to do that. Make it cool. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I'm hiring you. Like, do, you know, dude, give me I love. Cool. It's like uh, you walk into a um, a French bakery and they go, <laughs> "What do you like?" You go, "I don't know. It's, what's good." Do you yeah. tell me what is, I don't know what French food tastes, right. tell me what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm like, 
I have an exact idea for a tattoo in my mind, and I bring in like 20 pieces of art to show them inspiration. Sort of like this and sort of like this. I don't draw it for them. I don't mean that specific. I didn't mean to make it seem like that. But I'm like, boom, 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 all these ideas. And you're like, "Um, I don't know. What do you got? (laughs) I totally want. I have a couple like that, like hidden ones on my ribs. And I'm about to get one from a friend that uh, I don't know if if he's telling people yet that he's doing this. Because you know how you're not supposed to like tattoo without a license or whatever. So like they (laughs) haven't announced their thing yet, but I'm going to get something from them. Cool. Um, and of course, it'll be everything. Well, I would only do perfectly legal things. <laughs> uh, but I, he's going to give me a tattoo, but he's an artist. I mean, I know tattoo artists are artists, but he was an artist before he learned how to do tattooing, which may be the story of most tattoo I artists. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I only learned with the ink pen. Uh, I can't drop it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, but anyway, he's thinking about doing stuff and it's done on some friends but it's the uh, tap 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 poking stick yeah. thing and yeah. I just would how about you decide what I get and it's a big moment for me because all the other ones where I came in with an idea and I wanted to symbolize this in my life yeah. and here's an inspiration and here's why I'm doing it and this and they're like cool you know what do you want yeah and they hear that like all day every day but that's better than go, than someone just going like Minnie Mouse, please, you know, yeah. stamp, you know, do. I'll take number seven on the wall. Uh, yeah, can't do that. And I'm glad, no. you know, no flash art. And I'm glad when those places don't necessarily last. That's all they do. Yeah, I think you're obligated to put up a couple of pieces of flash art Probably somewhere so. in there. Yeah. But yeah, but I I uh, I want to do that and just go. I've seen your art. I want your art. I want whatever you think you want to do with this theme, just put it on me. I'll decide where on me. Right. I'm so pumped about that. Do you, is some of yours like that? You um, just said, what do you, what do you think? One of them was, I brought in an album cover. Um, and there was one little element on there that I asked for. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he just did his own version of that. Um, so it wasn't like you didn't make him do like a exact copy paste he's just like that basically yeah and he did okay with it i guess that's awesome uh, the other ones um were all my own artwork oh really that's, yeah man and i think you told me that years ago and i forgot i think it was just cool because um i got his chocolate at a wonderful community market downtown <laughs> i liked it because um they made it better than my drawing. Mm. They like improved it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it's and it's. I'm glad they did because I look at it all the time. You know, it's on me. Maybe it would be like uh, somebody wrote a song, but they knew they weren't going to be the best ones to perform the song. Mm-hmm. Songwriter, which is then, super common. Yeah, and then you go, "Here's what I got," and they go, "Man, that's amazing." Willie but Nelson, you... when he first started, other people made all his songs famous. All oh, right. And, Crazy. and like, yeah, no, like Chris Christopherson. And on one level, I guess it would be, well, it'd be stealing if you didn't want them to do it. But if you wrote it and you agreed with them, because I feel like the writer of the song, it's theirs. 
and they should have the rights to say, no, I'm going to sing it. It's my song. Well, they always can, I think. I mean... They don't sign the rights away to do it, you think? Oh, I don't know how the financial think, industry would work. I think that. most of the time they're they're licensed, yeah. Like, you, they allow people for a fee to use the song, but they always generally maintain the rights and ownership to it. It's oh, their good. song. It's maybe the fame they're giving up. Yeah, yeah, but some, I mean, can't, it's rare to find a really good performer and songwriter, you know? Totally, man. You know, that's two kind of separate sets, skill sets, you know? Let's name some. Um, You're going to know this way more than I will. That are good songwriters and performers? Yeah. Well, I mean, Garth Brooks comes to mind um, just because... Now, he he's an entertainer, man. I mean, yeah, he's a he good entertainer. Write, I mean, he, he gets credit on, you know, a, a good portion of his songs, but uh, m- most of his hits he didn't write. Oh. So maybe that's not a good example. Or, you know, he has partial credit or... Yeah. Um, you know, and then I think, you know, Bob Dylan comes to mind as yeah. an example of a really great songwriter who isn't probably considered by most to be a real strong performer no you're there for the nostalgia of it being actually him but it yeah. doesn't sound that good right his voice has a quality that turns a lot of people off and i know that know, sounds rude to say because i own some of his albums and i would never want to get rid of him and yeah, i because i need to hear it i need it to exist in my life does that make sense i i need dylan to exist in my life but dude after about 30 to 45 minutes, I'm like, I can't. It's too much. <laughs> and, no. I, and it sounds so rude to say because he's one of the best of all time. But it's very distinct. Right. Michael Jackson? Are we allowed yeah. to talk about him in any positive way? I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. You know. I know. <laughs> um, it's hard. Cause same with him. I, I don't know his. I don't know his tunes well enough I, I, to know how much he wrote. I thought he wrote it, but I don't know. I think I, I grew up. I grew up assuming that it was all his, like it was his own, like everything was from his mind. Yeah, and sometimes there's not a really like know. clear distinction between uh, writing and producing too, because when the producer role gets involved, then it's like Every all the other instrumentation. Of, yeah, and, like, and that can change a song so much. Huge, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's half of it right there. I guess a third of it, like you said. There's producing I guess, it, singing you know, it, and writing Going into the country world, you know, would probably be where I know the most examples. Willie Nelson probably being a prime one, right? He wrote most of his own tunes. Coincidentally, after 45 minutes, his voice it wears me down. Oh, yeah. I love Willie Nelson. And, like, for the first 20 minutes, I would... When I listen to him, I'm like in heaven. Like it brings me to this wonderful Americana place. It's just like, and for a lot of reasons why I've come to be kind of disillusioned with the United States of America, you know, I, when I listen to Willie, I'm like, no, it's cool. Like it's going to be all right. But after 45 minutes, I'm like, it's the, the voice is so tinny and high and I just can't take it anymore. I mean, that's your limit for songwriters. Just like Dylan. It's that, it hits a high thing. Hmm. And yep. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know what else. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of examples. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't remember right now. I'm not thinking. What about um? What about you two? Yeah. Do they okay, write yeah, their so own rock world? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, rock bands. Maybe that'd be a good place to go. Maybe there's a little more uh, subjectivity in terms of the quality of the performance. And you Some know, people would be like, "Yeah, you two or Nirvana." Wow, that's or, true. Like, but people would be like, "Well, that's not good performance. That's noise." Interesting. You know, people have their. So opinions. you let's talk about the U two thing because I think they're amazing performances. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, they're considered yeah, a real high level. It's big at least, but it's not only big. It's it's uh, so confident, like. You can't argue, like, they care about this. They love what they're doing. They're doing it to the best of their ability, and this is awesome and big. But that might I, be my new favorite way to describe you two. They're so confident. Right? That's <laughs> great. They know who they are. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's ultimate confidence. But uh, I don't really buy their albums. You don't have to. They force them on you. <laughs> Maybe that's the epicenter of why I stopped considering it. It's like, wait a second, I want to at least be able to. This was, yeah, that freaked me out when it was just on my iPod. Wasn't it iPod days or was it still? Was it iPhone? It was iPhone. I don't. It was yeah, iPhone. It, it must. Yeah, I don't know. I. But they got real close. You two and Apple got real close there for a while with the red. Remember the red iPods? I think they were called red, and it was like to help with uh, endeavors in Africa that. U2 is sponsoring. Hmm. It was like, if you bought the red iPod, you were contributing to this. I mean, that's a close marriage between Apple and Bono. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly. I would love for somebody to email me and tell tell me what was up with that. I don't know the backstory of that. I I bet you somebody knows. Does Apple do that? I can't think of other examples of Apple doing that either, you know? I can't. It's like they've always been a pretty standalone brand. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, I, I believe that they write their own, and that's part of their longevity of fame. Yeah, I mean Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, they oh. write their stuff. Yeah. So here's a theory. You, if you're gonna be in it forever, you have to write your stuff. Let's think about it. Elton John writes okay. some stuff. Yeah, Billy Joel. James Taylor. James Taylor. Yeah, all the big... Yeah, okay. Uh, and then, like, who sings other people's songs and gets famous and lasts till they're old? Anybody? Tony Bennett. Oh, yes. <laughs> you got me. That's a perfect example. But I consider that sort of, like, yeah. Vegasy, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't fully count. Well, but how rude is that of me to say? They were amazing. Jazz Canada. stuff is all standards like the people that wrote those songs are long since past dang it so they're performing someone else's stuff and it's beautiful well it's jazz is also a different world because it's it's so so interpretive right by the musicians you know like you can right play the same tune thousands of different ways you know so they're still being innovative in their copy and interpretation and preservation so. of it they're always kind of that's why that's why it's cool they're copying it but they're still but then symphony orchestra i would never be like you're not real musicians <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the epitome of real musicians but 
I guess what I'd be saying is, did you write years? that? No, well, then you're not even. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am not even a musician at all, uh, in my except in my heart. Well, and I guess that's a another example of uh, different forms of music than yeah. just songwriting. You know, songwriting is a ton but, of thing. So there's somebody that follows their dream, and their dream is to be in the symphony orchestra where they play only music that somebody wrote hundreds of years ago, exactly like it's supposed to be played. And that's their dream. Do you think there's something about that that's lacking? Well, I mean, those people exist, you know, there's concert Which pianists is, and violinists. Right. I think I'm asking a bit of a rude, a rude question. Like, does it count because the genre of music they chose is no, no. grossly unpopular? No, for the ones that don't write their own music. They only play someone else's music. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything in them that thinks, when I was a little kid, I wanted these to be my songs? And there's something where I'm like, I'm I'm still playing someone else's songs. I mean, I mean to some people, of, of course. But I'm yeah. wondering if humans. I'm going I down this follow your dream path. If that was a childhood dream, they are still writing their own songs. They're just maybe not very good. Oh or my gosh, you're right. Or and I think that's the key. Their career isn't on their let's stuff. Let's go. Let's stay down this path. Don't you think there's something? I love how you broadened their their world for me just now, hypothetically. Let's follow this path. They are world-renowned, amazing violinist on the biggest stages. Classical violinist. Yeah, classical. If they don't at least sort of write their own songs on the side, if they don't, isn't it fair to be like, are you really following your dream? I mean, you could be like, what do you mean? I'm, th- I, my dream was to be the best classical violinist in the world, and I am. Be like, yeah, but you're not even, like, ever trying to write your own songs? I think the little kid in you is still waiting to wake up. I would, I would argue that, even though it kind of sounds rude coming out of my mouth. I feel like if I was their friend, I'd be like, you're so good. You're literally the best. You made it. Do you want to try to write your own song?" Like, see if something in them wakes up. Like, I think I do. Well, maybe they don't get to that level without doing that. Maybe that person doesn't exist. The world-class violinist that doesn't write any of their own material ever. It's hard to imagine someone having that sort of, like, degree of mastery over an instrument and not ever just make shit up, like... I can't imagine. But that says so much about you. <laughs> really? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You're yeah. right. Like, Do you have anything in you that, like, okay, so Wildwood, let's say, you know, five years from now, it's, like, staple in this community. It's a place where there's, like, healthy jobs. And, I mean, part of what this dream that you've, you know, put into motion and have made come true is uh, it's supporting local farms and local businesses and truly giving like fair amounts for things and bringing it all into this one place it's it's put you actually have made happen what a lot of people totally bs with as their like marketing scheme is like building community and helping local farms and like 99 percent, you're like yeah that's right green 99 percent of that stuff in my opinion 
in my very uninformed opinion, is yeah. it just seems like, are you doing, is that just because this is the cool phrase you're supposed to use? Right. And then you created a place that you're like, that guy grew that right there, yeah. and we give him the right amount of money instead of all the things that you've heard. We're doing that. Right. And I wish people would, when they go in and go like, $3 for this, like I wish they knew. Yeah. <laughs> All that went into that. There's still a a degree of compromise that happens because in order to, like, achieve that goal of creating that space and and being that employer that I want to be, I still have to operate within a bigger system and set of rules that I don't have control Yeah, the way that our... Our economy is structured, you know. I have no control over that. I can't, you know. Yeah. So, you know, if I want to pay people appropriately and if I want to, you know, really achieve all these mm-hmm. goals that I have for this business, there's there's compromises that have to be made. Because you, really can't, you can't pay people what they're worth and charge a fair price for a product. Yeah. You know, like those two things. And like, that's what I don't want to get into odds like, with each other. I don't want to get into like politics, politics. But I think part of politics is answering the question of when someone goes, we want this and we want this and we want this to exist. And then somebody goes, how are we supposed to pay for that? Like, I'm not arguing that it should happen. I feel like that's half of politics, at least, at least some of the financial part of politics. Yeah. Well, particularly in this economy right uh, where are we going where are we going to get the money right and i think that this is a micro this is a small version of it where you're like well i don't know how to run a country right but in this little tiny space yeah. of earth right here the sovereign nation of wildwood yeah we're going to do it the right way and yeah. that means it's not magic where you just go and we're able to just everything's 99 cents it's like no it won't be right. we can't do that we're not going to be the you know, you can get 99 cent burger. It's like, that's not possible when the goal is treat everybody right. Yeah. And so uh, you're kind of asking the community to buy in on this idea. And I think for me, as a, a shopper, is that the word? I don't know what it is. I'm part of the community. Consumer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, consumer. But part of the community entering the space, I'm like, it feels so good to be like, I trust that wise decisions and healthy decisions are being made. And it's not abstract like a promise. It's like, if you want to, you can talk to the managers and owners and ask them where stuff came from and they will tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, And you'll be able to also speak with the other side about it if you so choose. Nobody's hiding anything. Right. There's no secret office that knows something that is refused to be told so if i go three dollars for that it's like i could get it for 250 it's like you yeah you totally could yeah but actually here's that extra 50 cents let me show you what how that breaks down as a as a consumer they have a job they actually want to be in yeah well (laughs) and you're also like kind of placing value in that access to the manager and the, you know, yeah. like, you know, in a big, you know, chain store, oh, the manager, like, let me go, you know, it's like, it's, you know, 
Yeah, you're bothering them if you yeah, ask a question you have, that matters. Yeah, so I guess that's it's it's more part of the experience in there. Because <laughs> yeah, when you go to a big store, the bigger the store, the funnier it is. If you go, do you know if um, <laughs> do you know if we can track where this particular chicken came from? Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like, actually, we have some farms here where they been known these chickens, and they right. it very. Um, as heartfelt as is possible is this process of the chicken dying and becoming this meat. And it was really part of the family and it matters instead of just like, it's just trucks of chickens that just die and nobody cares. And, you know, so of course that chicken is probably going to cost a couple more bucks. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting studies that uh, talk about the true value of products. You know, coffee is another common one. You know, if, Everybody in the production, shipping, and and roast, you know, the whole chain, supply chain of a coffee yeah. bean, if everybody really was, like, getting a fair wage and, like, living appropriately, a cup of coffee would be, like, 20 bucks, you know? Like, yeah. we, there's just, we just have kind of unrealistic expectations in this country about and what And if it, it did cost 20 and only the wealthiest could sip on this fine beverage that, has become accessible to everyone. I wonder if coffee used to be like that. Maybe, yeah. It was, uh, you Much have coffee? More, oh, yeah. you're one of the most elite in the, the world. Elite. Sure. Like salt or and like these other staple about, items or um, luxuries. Totally, yeah. Because it's not a state, you don't need salt to live. Right. Well, actually, maybe we to preserve do. stuff, yeah. But I mean for taste. But you don't <laughs> right. need you don't need coffee to live. And if you think you do, you're probably too addicted to it. <laughs> First world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that I think that people don't think about when they are considering food costs is all the government subsidies in this country that go into the food that is grown and produced here, you know, like the big, large-scale industrial farms, you know. So if you're a small farmer just growing on your own here, to, you know, you just can't. It's it's a totally different, like, ballpark, you know. You can't compete in the same no. way. So... Being small has advantages that way because if we were a huge operation, we wouldn't have the supply that of the quality that we have now. Yeah, you know, you've got the cream of the crop stuff from yeah. Here. We get to buy like the best stuff around, and they can comfortably supply us because we're not because you're not high volume twenty thousand chickens right. a day or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, that's such a good way of... I never really thought about it from that angle. Yeah, but then, again, back to being... um... Hey, I hope you have enjoyed this conversation so far. The rest of the conversation can be found on my Patreon website. There are people who give a dollar a month or more to help make this podcast possible, and I posted the entire full unedited conversation Uh, on the Patreon website. So if you want to support the podcast, you can support it for as little as $1 a month. At the $5 a month tier, you get extra content like full unedited episodes. You can go to patreon.com slash thingsaboutthings. Patreon.com slash thingsaboutthings. You can look on there and see whichever tier is uh, a good tier for you, whatever you're comfortable giving to become a patron of the podcast 
It's because of the patrons is why I got I could get the gear, I could have the website, and the podcast could exist. Thank you so much for those of you that are patrons already, and for those of you that have considered, maybe go to patreon.com slash things about things and check it out and see if you're interested in supporting it, see all the rewards you can get and stuff like that. And of course, as always, you can go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things.